and I have this one out, so make sure the recording stuff's good. I, I'm going to do a couple things, and I need to address the controversial subject in the house to start with. Because some of you have already figured it out, and you're upset. Yes, I have a mullet. Yes, I am going to get it cut this week. And uh, it's an accidental mullet. And uh, I know some of you are upset. I saw it this morning. Um, I never would have thought I'd have curls. Uh, but anyway, I've got at least one back here. And the more I'm going to sweat, the more it's going to come up. So would you forgive me for looking like a hippie in the pulpit? I am wearing a tie. And uh, so forgive me. And uh, something about the weirdness of the way my hair is regrown and all. And I didn't catch it. Otherwise, I would have taken care of it. Will you forgive me for being so controversial this morning? Brandon, you're just jealous you can't grow a mullet. And, uh, and, so, and so anyway, so <clears throat> I want you to know that I'm aware of that. Some of you are going, you don't, you don't have a mullet. I, I really, I really, I really do. I almost got out the hairspray this morning trying to calm it down. And, uh, and so anyway, some of you are laughing. Some of you don't know if it's okay to laugh. I promise it's fine. And, uh, but I will, I will go pay my money for a trim uh, and, uh, and get that taken care of next week. We're going to read some text and all together. Hopefully you got a handout. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen. I want you to listen well. And, and I'll walk us through the subject. I've entitled this Five Popular Myths and Four Bible Truths about the culture of abortion in life. Five popular myths, four Bible truths about the culture of abortion in life. I'm asking you to give me a fair hearing. By my accounting, not only does not everyone in the room agree, there's more than a few of you who have never, ever encountered this subject, anything what you've heard on TV or television or a blog or website or Twitter, heaven help us. And so I want to look to the Scripture. Can I do that this morning? Can you do that with me? And, and would you allow <coughs> what seems to be um, so taboo, uh, uh, or taboo that you can't allow anybody other than check your box to talk about something like this. Let me, let me maybe help us this morning and, uh, and stake, out a, stake out a Bible position. Nod your head if you'll give me a fair hearing. Will you do that this morning a little bit? Genesis 1.27, the Bible says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him male and female. He created them. Notice the binary aspect of creation. <coughs> Excuse me. Notice the special direct act of creation. Notice who's doing the creation. It is God. We stake our claim in Genesis 1.27, Job 33.4, the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Scripture is unequivocal that the author of life and the giver of life is the Lord. Psalm 95.6, so come, let us worship, bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. What's the next word, everybody? Our maker lord our maker psalm 119 excuse me or excuse me psalm 100 verse 3 know that the lord he is god it is he who has made us not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture <coughs> excuse me when noted evolutionist postulated a postulated an idea he got called out on it and doubled down even though it was publicized and in the, in the English or the British evolutionist said, said, I prefer and choose to believe that aliens came and seeded life on planet Earth. The interviewer, with all the gumption they could muster in their best British folks, said, well, who created the aliens? He said, I don't know, but it wasn't the God of the Bible. Well, 
God has made us. Psalm 119.73, different subject. Let me not get carried away there, scared away there. Psalm 119.73, your hands have made us and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Acts 17.24, Paul speaking there <coughs> at the Areopagus, Areopagus. God who has made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needs anything, since he gives to all life and breath. In all things. I have many more, but just for time's sake, let me let me allow these to be entered into evidence. Let me help you. Let me help you. Five myths, four Bible truths <clears throat> about abortion, culture of life, and death. Would you would you pray with me, Father? Lord, I don't want to be controversial for controversy's sake. Lord, no point in that. That's what they do on the news and the in the in the sit down talking head shows. But Lord, this is this is not just a new subject. It's not just a current event. It's something you have spoken to. This is something you've addressed. And so help us to take it from that. And God, I love you. Help me to speak kindly, be clear, be pastoral. Help me be prophetic. Help me not to, in my, in my, um, in my care, to come across in any sense as compromising. Uh, May I not be misunderstood because I, I choose a word ill. Uh, and I pray you'd help me. Speak to our hearts, dear Lord. Help us. Help us to hear, understand, and obey the Scriptures. Help us to shed the light of the Word of God on 2022. And I pray it in your Son's wonderful and precious name. And amen. Amen. Again, I hope you've got some notes and all here. I'll be referring to those. Let me, let me start. Let me give you a little bit of introduction. Nod your head if I can give you a little bit of introduction. And those of you that are really tense, you're making me tense. I need you to relax. Get a peppermint or something. You'll be okay. And uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be all right. Number one, this is not a new subject. This is not a new, not a new subject. If you want to, if you want to, if you get bored with me, you can Google church history or church fathers and the word abortion, and you will come up where they have written about this, whether don't eat this plant, don't do this thing, and, and they spoke, he spoke to the culture there, they spoke to the temple prostitutes, all these kind of things, this is not, they have, we have talked about this, there is writing, historical writing goes back for thousands of years, this did not start 1950, 1960, 1970, this is not, this is nowhere close to a new issue, the culture of life, the culture of death, this is not any, anywhere close. Secondly, there's at least two generations where this has just been normal. There is no memory of 1973. There is no memory of the shockwave here in the United States about, uh, about things changing. There, there's none of that. And so there's a, there's a normality that's there with Western young people and Western young ladies. And so look at me. I, I have no beef with you. I'm not, I'm not mad or upset with you that you're mad or upset. You don't know any, you've never heard differently. You've been taught by people generationally who, who knew this, who knew this and, or, or experienced this. And so, so this is just foreign. And all that's happened in the last uh, two months, man, is just unsettling to you. I understand that. Uh, again, the, the little, you know, the 20, 22-year-olds that were out picketing the other day, you know, I, I smiled and they were angry and yelling and, and uh, screaming, at, uh, screaming at old people. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's really rude <laughs> what you're doing here and all. But, but I kind of get it. I kind of have a little empathy. You've never heard different. You've never heard any differently. And so I'm talking to you 
like I just told you that the moon is made of green cheese and that the earth is flat. That's, and I know how that's coming across. That's how I'm going to come across to people watching. I ask you to bear with me. You've been taught that, that this, this is kind, this is progressive, and this is necessary for women's health. You've been taught that this is the only way to keep children from poverty or suffering. Let me help you. This is not a new issue. I know there's at least two generations who have just never heard differently unless you went to a church like ours or your parents, your step-parents talked to you about it. You with me? Number three, introduction. There is no question. There is no question in the world. There is no question in the world where the best answer is a dead child. There is no question in the world where the best answer to it is a dead baby. See, that's evocative. No, <laughs> that's truth. There is no question in the world. Somebody says, well, what about this? What about that? Let me, let me give you a few. I copied this from, a, from a, a pro-choice site. Well, what about a woman's rights? What about a woman's rights? Again, I, I echo the commentator. What, what if the baby's a girl? What about her rights? Again, you're talking about rights here in, 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 in your mingling things. <clears throat> there are governmental or political issues. There are legal issues. Excuse me. There are legal issues. There are political issues. There are ethical issues. There are biological or medical issues. And there are moral issues. This is a multifaceted. And the folks talking for 30 seconds, getting everybody riled up on TV, are not helping things. What about, <clears throat> what about rape and incest victims, again, almost, almost a non-idea, look right here, almost a non-idea in one sense, because the whole physiological act almost produces a way for the, for the parent <coughs> to, to not, the mother to not conceive. Don't miss this. But in that case, again, I can give you chapter and verse on something. I can give you a chapter and verse. I can give you <coughs> illustrations and people's testimony that they were that child, and they grew up, and they've had a wonderful life, and they're glad that mom kept them alive. Well, what about saving the lives of the mother in medical emergency, like an ectopic pregnancy? Look right here. Let me make my first caveat. I am not a medical professional. I am going to mispronounce some words. I am going to say things a little skewed. Will you give me that liberty that that is not my eight years of training? Nod your head if you'll do that with me. If I mess up something, I don't mean to. I've done my very best. I've researched this quite a bit through the years. But if I say something wrong, so if it does not pronounce ectopic, then I'm mispronouncing it with all the humility in my heart. Would you forgive me for that? Would you forgive me? All right. What about this? Same thing again. You're talking, number one, statistically less than 2%. Number two, I, I've not been in the room, but I've been outside the room where the doctor comes in and looks at dad going, mom's critical, baby's critical, what do you want to do? To make that a political football is evil. Is evil. The horror of that situation the heart of that situation. And to cast dispersions on doctors and things for that, again, and to make that part of this discussion, again, I don't know anywhere anyone would say in the crisis of the moment we have to consult a lawyer. That is, is unbelievable tragedies. I, by the way, I know people, I know, I know the babies who survived and mom passed. I know mom lived and the baby passed and both forever and ever changed by that moment. Again, there is no question in the world where the best answer is the dead child. Dead child, those who've been miscarried to be interrogated. Again, that's a scare tactic. What are we going to do with all those unwanted children? You Christians, 
don't care about life after the womb. You let all the, you let all the Christian fostering agencies, all the Christian adoption agencies, you let all of those folks close tomorrow, and you see how many folks. Again, I can't tell you the last time I got a flyer from an atheist adoption agency. Somebody say, somebody, somebody nod your head at me. I, 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 can't, I can't understand it. That's such a foolish thing. Do you think it's really better for a child to be abused and moved to a foster home than to just give the mother access to ending and terminating life? Again, how cold and calloused are we that the best answer to a hypothetical problem is a dead child? See, preacher, you kind of wound up. I am. I am. I didn't get wound up two months ago. I've been wound up for quite a long time about this. Why? Let me help you again. And this is just an introduction. And, and I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to go boom, boom, boom. We're really talking about method when we're talking about discussion. We're not talking about idea. We're talking about method. We're not talking about idea. Stay with me. If a stranger walks up to an expectant mother and pulls out a baseball bat and pummels the pregnant lady in the stomach, we will arrest and flog that man for causing the baby to pass away. Nod your head if you're with me here. We will beat him on the way to the jail. We will beat him in the jail. We will beat him in the court. I mean, there's nothing in our minds can wrap our head around that, right? We're talking about method. The baby still passes. If a drunk driver swerves, hits pregnant, uh, expectant mother, the baby and the mother dies. A lot of states, I don't know, it's all 50. I tried to look it up, and, and there's some laws that are passing through, and some laws have been sued, so I don't have an accurate number, but it's a lot of states. You're going to be tried for two murders, two vehicular murders, because the state recognizes, or, or the law recognizes, rather, <coughs> that you have killed a mother and her unborn child. We're just talking about method here. The baby dies, you're repulsed by the two things I mentioned. Let me help you again. Can you stay with me for a second? If a mother in her distress <coughs> takes a long-handled knife and jams it into the binding of a book, shoves the book in the bookcase, and then hurls herself belly first at the exposed blade of the knife, we will lose all sympathy for the mother. We will lose all sympathy for anything. We will want to charge her for murdering her unborn child because of the way that she did that. And we will grieve and be angry and upset. He said, that's absolutely, positively horrible. You've made my point. We're upset at the method, but not the idea. Okay? If you'll get there, you'll do a lot better as you listen to the news and all, and, and, and the water cooler debates. Job 33, 4, the Spirit of the Lord has, <clears throat> has come upon me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. So let me, let me walk you through a few myths here. Let me walk you through a, miss, a few myths. By the way, biological resources, Scott, uh, Scott Klusendorf, who has written extensively on the, on the Bible side, the medical side, etc., is really, really helpful here. I've put links to his stuff. I've got a copy of PDF on one of his books. You can download that for free. They're very, very helpful things. I've got them all here for you. I'm going to keep adding as a fine thing. I understand. I want you, instead of going... That's your opinion. Say, hey, no. And when you're interacting with people, hey, let me give you a resource. You can go and you look at it in the quietness, read, evaluate. These are well-done things that I've tried to link to and post for you. It's on the church's website here, church's website. Number one, and, and one more thing. I, don't, I think I said it. If you 
family, close relative, close friend, and was lied to, and with the best of intentions, has this as part of their story. Again, I'm not, we're not remotely mad. You're not second, third class. In my mind, you're a victim. Maybe again, somebody well-meaning told you a lie and they didn't know it was a lie. I hate it for you. I hate it for your family, your posterity. But there's as much grace and mercy for you and your family members as anyone else. And that's the difference in us and the folks on TV. They got no grace for anybody to disagree with. And I want to tell you about a God who offers you grace, whatever is in your past. People, please say amen to that. Amen. All right, number one. An unborn child is only a mass, only a mass. One prominent, used to be all around, you don't find the pamphlet as much anymore, used to say this, that a baby is only a wad of cells adhering to the wall of mama's, uh, of the stomach. Again, there's some medical words I'm just not going to say. And they're waiting for these cells to free themselves, <coughs> free themselves and become independent. Too many times, young ladies in particular, they're told it's like a little tumor. It's like dead skin. One that was uh, taken down recently when, when all this stuff and people began to look at these websites again said it was like a bunion on the foot. That's what a baby is. And when you have the medical procedure, that's all that it is. Let me help you. At conception, a new and totally different human being, 48 chromosomes, is, uh, is, exists having the capability of replacing their own dying cells. The 13th day of life, the child is a fourth of an inch long, a brain, human proportions, ears, eyes, mouth, kidney, liver, stomach, intestines, a spinal cord, and nervous system. Day 18, the heart's in its early stage of development, begun pumping its own blood. Six and a half weeks, the skeleton is complete. First movements are made. Two months, eight weeks, the baby attains the ability to grasp objects, swim, hiccup, suck their thumb, wakes and sleeps with regularities. Eleven weeks, everything is formed and everything works. The baby breathes, swallows, sensitive to pain, and is an independent individual. Present systems will grow and mature, but nothing new develops at that point. 16 weeks, it's five and a half inches long. Toes and fingers fully formed. Facial features are clearly evident. Quickening, or what we would say active or energetic. They flex their muscles, they punch, they kick. 20 weeks, the first half, the first half of the pregnancy. Babies are often born prematurely, and now continue on with assistance after birth by any standard myth number one's untrue by any standard myth number one's untrue again i appreciate all the folks down here at hardin valley and i appreciate all the folks over here at carnes and all but again you could you couldn't be telling a bigger untruth to young ladies and young men than telling them myth number one scientifically biologically medically evidentially <coughs> you can't do this used to the old science books that were evolutionary in design. They said that the baby at this point was nothing more than a lizard. Some of you are old enough to went to public high school and you had that, that they went through the stages and they were a lizard and they were this and they were that. And, and you know, they're fish and all these kind of things. So they went through the evolutionary cycle. Again, science is unequivocal here. It's not a tumor. It's a baby. Number two, the baby can't feel pain. The baby can't feel pain. They respond to outside stimuli and recognize familiar voices. Some of you have been around ladies when they're expecting they have a spicy meal, and they're going, I'm going to pay for that. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 bo
It's just, it's just going crazy, going crazy. When Andrea was expecting Allison, she had some soda, some, uh, some caffeine. And she's like, what did I do? I'm like, I don't know. What did you do? So I drank caffeine. She, uh, she clear, cleared her throat, and all of a sudden, Allison, hey, boom, boom, I want some more of that. You know, you know and Andrea's up for the next two days. And, uh, you know, Allison's going crazy in there. They can feel, they can feel something. I will assuage you. I'll post this later on. Let me give you the charming names for some of this. Suction aspiration, abortion, dilation and curatage. And again, for everyone in here who's ever miscarried like our family has, like Andrea has, you understand that's also a way that the baby has passed, <coughs> that they help and help with that. But there is, they do the procedure on a live baby as well. Salt poisoning, otherwise known as saline amnio, amniocentesis, where they literally fry the child. The partial birth abortion that almost universally is outlawed, where the baby up until the time of birth can be, can be killed. Fetal reduction, charming name given, someone's having several children. And they go in, and they, instead of triplets, now they have twins or twins, they have an only child. And then the question of the hour, the RU486 or mefepristone. Mefepristone, contrary to popular branding, is not a preventative, but rather it is an abortifacient. Again, I know there's a little bit of discussion that is there in the best research I have. Again, it stops the beating heart. It's, it's maybe a little cheaper, but sometimes it takes up to four office visits called the morning after pill. It causes unbelievable amount of pain for the mother. It is not any pri more private or quicker. And by the way, you're going to hear more and more about that. To say that a child can't feel pain, if you believe me, if you disbelieve me, and again, I say this with great hesitation because I don't want to encourage some of you that are really squeamish to do this, but if you'll just simply look up the silent scream, this is a documentary that was done, and you can see folks on the family had a part in this, and you will see the child trying to run away from the sutures, and you will see the child trying to run away from the suction tube, and you will see the child's mouth open, thus the name of the movie, The Silent Scream. I defy you. I defy you to argue with myth number two. You're still with me here? Myth number three. Only a government can, can determine personhood. Look right here just for a second. Just for a second. If I say Dred Scott, does that mean anything to anybody in this room? Dred Scott decision. Dred Scott said, according to the government, that an African-American was only three-fifths of a person. I'm glad that government doesn't determine personhood. Somebody say amen to that. I'm glad I don't look to Washington or to Nashville to get my rights and liberties and individuals. Jeremiah, 30, or Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, sanctified you, ordained you as a prophet to the nations. We don't get personhood from government. We don't get personhood from the state. We don't get personhood from the Supreme Court or from Washington, D.C. We don't get to, we get some personhood from the scriptures, from the scriptures. John MacArthur in his book's a little older now, in his book on the subject, he says, he says, shockingly, bags, trash bags full, children found by trash compactors outside of clinics, medical facilities. We've lost our ability to gasp. On the other side of this, a wounded American eagle was found recently in Maryland 
rushed to emergency medical treatment. It died, and a $5,000 reward was offered for the rest of whoever injured it. It's illegal to ship a pregnant lobster. It's a $3,000 fine in the state of Massachusetts. So with the inflation, so it's about eight. It's a, there in, the, in the state of Massachusetts, there's an anti-cruelty law makes it illegal to give a goldfish as a prize. Now, not for nothing, I don't want a goldfish as a prize. So this is a moot point to me. Why? Why did they say, the lawmakers in Massachusetts, we want to protect the tendency to dull humanitarian feelings and to corrupt morals to those who abuse them. The same people who want to save goldfish are leading the parade usually to murder, to end the lives of children. Now, government doesn't determine personhood. They don't determine personhood. Number four, the vast majority of Americans support this. Now, here's the problem. You, if you want to Google and you want to look up some things, you have a problem. You've got to look at what the question is. What the question is. If you say support abortion for any and unnecessary things, people overwhelmingly, 60% will say, no, I don't support it for any and everything. If you limit it down, you'll get people who think they're being a little more reasonable. So you get anywhere from 45% to 65% who all the time are pro-life. The last numbers I looked at was almost 50-50 after the Supreme Court decision here. But there's no way the vast majority do this. We're not just divided, but if you'll ask the question correctly, you get a whole bunch of people again. But we're not doing that. We're not sticking our finger in there to see what's right. Look at me. We're going to take what's right from the Scripture. Somebody say amen to that. And if everybody's wrong, we're still going to do what's right. Why? Because everybody was in favor of slavery, and that wasn't the right thing to do. And everybody thought it was okay to own people, and that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> Excuse me. And during Paul's day, if a people had a, a girl, child, they said, man, this is a dishonor to the family, and they would go leave it on the trash heap, and either the temple, uh, the temple people would come and force the child into sex slavery because she was an unwanted girl, or the animals would come and dispose of it. The majority never gets to decide what is right. God decides what is right. So we take our cues from that. But the myth... That's a myth. Sanger, Margaret Sanger, of all people, pushed as hard for the eugenics movement here because she was an out-and-out avowed racist. Margaret Sanger's influence got all the way down south, made it to North Carolina, made it to North Carolina into the 50s and 60s. They were still forcibly sterilizing young black women. Her influence directed Planned Parenthood to go and put the free abortion clinics in prime, predominantly African-American poor neighborhoods because she wanted to thin the herd. Her words. We wanted to put her own money in coins. And they keep trying to whitewash her background. I got news for you. I got news for you. You call it just what it is. She was wicked, and she had a bunch of folks that followed after her. And it's a, it's a stain on American, American history that we ever listen to someone who had so much hatred, so much hatred for people who were made in the image of God. Somebody say amen to that. And we, we have to be careful again. We have to be careful. The vast majority, no, I can keep throwing you. <clears throat> if you say, if you ask Americans if they want all the abortion procedures banned, they'll say no. Why? Because you're thinking, what about an ectopic pregnancy? What about this? What about that? And they're trying to have sympathy and empathy. And I, I really, 
do understand that. Really do understand that. But if you ask the question the right way, you end up with, do, well, should we do this as a morning after procedure? We do this as birth control? We do this because we've been out partying? Then a majority of Americans always go, no, 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 that's not what it's supposed to be. Not what it's supposed to be. But again, we don't take it from that. We take it from the Scriptures. Take it from the Scriptures. Number five, it's not our problem. Not our problem. James says, to him that knows to do good and do it, does it not, to him it is sin. To him it is sin. Why did we walk two and a half miles <coughs> some months back on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade and several of you joined us as we walked downtown as we prayed and all? Why would we do that on a cold Sunday afternoon? Because it is our problem. Why would we do that? Why do we keep sending money to the Pregnancy Care Center? Why do we send money to Frill Baptist Family Ministry? Why are we trying to be more interested in fostering and all those kind of things? Because it is our problem. It is our problems. Cry aloud, spare not. Proverbs 31, 8, open your mouth for the speechless, for the cause of all who are appointed to die. We want to continue doing this. Let me give you four truths. Just boom, boom, boom. Number one, I think I've proved this. God creates and fashions life. That's the scripture I put at the start of your thing. God creates, God fashions life. <clears throat> if you've got four fingers, God fashions life. If you've got a mullet in the back and a bald party in the front, God fashions life. God creates, God fashions life. Who are you to say? Who are you to say? We have dear friends. Dear friends, he had all the markers for Down syndrome. He was born with Down syndrome. 20 or so surgeries before he was two years old. He is a healthy, high school graduating, blessed young man. They told them in an uncertain term, you need to end this pregnancy. They said, we believe every life is a gift from God, and we're up for the challenge where the baby lives a day or a week, and now again celebrating the 20th birthday there. You, you misunderstand. We're the ones who, for whatever reason, say, if you don't look like a Kardashian, you don't have life. If you don't have wealth like a millionaire, then you don't have value. No, no, God creates and fashions, fashions life. You, you watch the service. I don't know, he didn't talk about it too much. <coughs> Excuse me. But Larry Hudson stood here, pointed to his son, Billy, who was born. Unbelievable health issues. I don't know how many surgeries he had before he was five. I don't know how many surgeries he had from five to ten. And there he was, standing upright, singing at the top of his lungs, serving the Lord with gladness, all because they didn't listen. And he, they said he has wealth, and excuse me, he has value in life, and he has, he has been fashioned by God. And that is their testimony of how God raised him up. God creates and fashions. Like number two. In the scriptures, the unborn are treated this way. They're treated as persons. Your Bibles are open. Flip with me a little bit if you would. Psalm 51, 5. You still with me? Anybody still with me? Two of you? Can't flip and turn your Bible? Sorry. You can't amen and turn your Bible? Psalm 51, 5. The unborn are treated as persons. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and sin did my mother conceive me. God knew me. God talked about me as a person, not as a nebulous, gelatinous blob of interconnected cells and systems. Psalm 58, 3. The wicked are estranged or set apart from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. He's not talking about, not talking about some random assortment of jumbled parts assembled. He's talking about person. Psalm 139, verse 13. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. That my soul knows very well. My frame or substance was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. In your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. I'll leave it to you to read again. Read again Mary's account. 
excuse me, Elizabeth's account recorded for us in Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 1, Mary, or excuse me, I keep saying Mary. Elizabeth giving birth to who we would call John the Baptist, the baptizer. Scripture always talks about babies with personhood. Personhood. Number three, God forbids murder. God forbids the murder of human life. Exodus 20, verse 13. Thou shalt not, help me out here, murder, kill. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. If it's a child, we, we don't have a lot of... Somebody said, somebody said, I don't know how you get around that. Again, you redefine things. You lie to people. You tell them this. If you start with it's a child, I don't, I don't know where all your options go. Finally, number four, God forgives. God forgives. I tried to think this week. I don't don't remember how many years ago it was. It's got to been. I've been married 26, so we're we're talking more than that. Service like this. Not as much research as we have now. And I sat and I watched a lady... Was, it was uh, four sections. She was in the fourth section. She was over here. She's about halfway back. <clears throat> nice lady, banker, successful. She and her husband, squalling. I mean, I mean, unhappy, unhappy. Dear. Didn't know what she was about. Got done. She came up to me at service and very kindly said, I, I know you saw me. I know I, I wasn't angry at anything you said. She said, I'm, I'm still upset. I was in college, made a mistake, and I was lied to. It was a really unhappy afternoon. I was really sore the next few days. Whatever they did to her, whatever the procedure was, it, it, basically, it basically closed her womb. I was never able to have children. I met another man. I'm so upset. I didn't know it was a baby. I didn't, I didn't do it on purpose. And that's followed me all these years. She said, I tried to be a good, I tried to be a good, uh, good auntie. I love the kids of my coworkers. She was a dynamite. She would help out with children's ministries there at the church. You tell people the truth. Don't let them lie to them time I was a youth pastor. Let them lie to those girls in the youth group. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Don't let them lie to them. God's forgiven me, but I still feel bad about that. If I had the baby, be ever how old? I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. Of course, by this time, I'm pretty tuned up. I didn't know any of this. Whatever reason, especially if it's not our sin, here's what we do. That's a really bad sin. You know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, adultery or, or stealing or, or uh, child molestation. Just pick whatever really bad thing is. And that's really bad over here. And then the stuff I struggle with, you know, it's just, just kind of personality problems. Let me help you. It's just, 
There are sin that has a lot more consequence, I think. But God's grace is enough for all our sin. It is more than sufficient. Romans 5, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. We have to absolutely, positively plant our feet at stand. And stand, look at me. And because for two generations, at least, people have been taught, not a baby, perfectly acceptable way to go to bed with whoever you want and not have consequences. We, we've got to re-talk to people. For some people, we've got to talk to them the first time. They've never heard anybody say this. They've never heard anybody say, you shouldn't do this. Never heard anybody say, by the way, that bed hopping was sin. And that marriage, the bedroom is, read, is, is reserved for after marriage. And this is not, this is not, this is not plan A or B or C or D. Because remember what I said, there is no question in the world where the best answer is a dead child. There's just not. And every commentator on TV and everybody walking around with a, with a, with a, with a broomstick tied to a flag tied to a, a, a stick, tied to a, a poster, needs to get that. And if this is challenging to you and confronting your worldview, I want to direct you again. I put together some of the best resources I know, some of the most helpful videos I've found that have helped me to walk through this. Don't just go, it's my whatever. Remind you, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirits, which are God's. Whether that's alcohol or drugs or sexuality or what happens if an unplanned, un, unexpected pregnancy occurs, it's still not your body. It still belongs to God. And there is no question in the world where the best answer is a dead child. It's just not. Just not. And we get to defend. And we get to stand. And we get to do more than just throw hand grenades across the fence. Let's do that. Would you pray with me? Just for a moment, our heads are bowed. Again, everybody under the age of 30, I hope you heard me really clearly. I, I, I hate that this kind of, what I've said is new to you, newer to you. I hate that it's frequently as frequently as uh, is discussed you don't hear more biblical wisdom, TV or the internet or wherever. I'm, I'm, I apologize for my generation. We've not done a better job of reaching you with truth. And I want you to hear again, there's nobody on this stage mad with you. But I am challenging you to confront this viewpoint. 
I am challenging you to take what I've said and listen to it. I am challenging you to share this with your friends. Go to the web page. Look at the videos. Let God work in your heart. We, we, have, we have to come face to face with the truth. And I promise if you've got questions, I'll give you all the time I have. And if you've got questions I don't know answers to, I'll try and find them. 